This is episode number 10 of the Runaway Together podcast. I'm your host, Katie Doherty, an elopement and intimate wedding photographer based in Los Angeles. I created this podcast as a resource for couples who are considering eloping. If you'd like more information and some inspiration, you can visit runawaytogether.co. On today's podcast, I chat with my friend Kaylee, who recently had a small wedding celebration in Bali, though her actual elopement, which was just her and her husband Nelson, took place in Canada, they decided to do something special for Bali because that's actually where they met. I had the pleasure of photographing Kaylee's wedding in Bali. And in this little chat, we kind of just break down what was easy, what was hard, and recommendations for couples who are considering an elopement or a small celebration in Bali. Here is our conversation. So in 2017, I turned 30 at the end of January, and I have a track record of being disappointed by my birthdays. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and go on a trip to Bali for my 30th birthday. And Nelson also had the same idea. He turned 30 uh, the previous November and he took a trip. Also, he spent five weeks motorcycling through Vietnam and then he went to Bali for seven weeks. So when I got there, it was the tail end of his trip. And someone had told me that Tinder was a really good way to meet people in Bali. So um, while I had been using other dating apps in Los Angeles, I had deactivated my Tinder. But when I got to Bali, I reactivated my Tinder and started swiping. And he and I matched, I think, on my second day. And he had been in Ubud, which is where I was staying, for six weeks before that. And so he was the perfect person to kind of show me around. Um, so we got together for coffee and spent a week hanging out. He taught me how to ride a scooter and we started seeing each other and then had a long distance relationship for two years after that. So you were each, each of you were solo traveling and just kind of happened to meet in Bali on a solo 30-year-old birthday trip. And then he's from or lived in Vancouver. You were in LA, right? Yeah, that's right. And so it was long distance. And then let's fast forward. I love that story, by the way. And we're going to come back to that because it's um, kind of why they chose to get married or have their celebration in Bali. You, I know that you kind of mentioned a little bit, which might not be relevant to everybody, but that there was some like complications with him being Canadian and you being American. So without getting too technical, why did you guys decide to do your legal stuff in Canada? Cause that was really the true elopement, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. We, so for the longest time, we didn't think that we would ever get legally married because the United States government is really involved in their citizens' finances. And then the minute Nelson and I got married, they would be involved in his finances and any decisions we made with our money in Canada. And so we thought that we would try to keep things separate our whole lives. But once we realized that that would just be way too complicated, should we ever decide to live in the States, 
um, we decided to get legally married and move forward with the process of me getting my permanent residency in Canada. So we made that decision and got legally married in Canada two weeks later. And the reason we decided to get married in Canada is because the United States um, has what's called the fiancé visa, which if you're planning on getting married in the States to someone who's not a United States citizen, you have to apply for this visa. And you don't know when you're going to get it. But when you get it, then you have 90 days to get married. So that's why we had that the legal ceremony there. Um, and we spent, I don't know, maybe like a week and a half to two weeks planning that wedding, which was really low key. It was just us and the marriage commissioner and two witnesses. They were in a park called Queen Elizabeth Park. Um, we wanted to do a courthouse wedding, but in Canada, they actually don't do courthouse weddings. That's the like having a marriage commissioner and doing it anywhere you want in in the province is is the closest you can get. So that's what we did. And so what made you guys decide to do an additional ceremony type celebration in Bali? Well, actually, we had been planning the Bali wedding already before that. So we even when we weren't, weren't planning on getting legally married, we knew that we wanted to have some sort of landmark or a commitment ceremony for ourselves, but also for our families. Um, my parents are pretty traditional, and I think that that really mattered to them. They didn't care if we were legally married, but they definitely wanted some sort of proclamation of our commitment. And so... That was that was sort of where that idea came from. So we had already been planning the ceremony in Bali for some time before we decided to get legally married. Cool. And then um, I'll just mention this now that I was your photographer. So I was there and got to witness like how special it was. You did a very unique ceremony. So it was up on like a deck kind of situation that overlooked the rice um, fields in Ubud and um, everybody, well, I'll let you tell it, but like what made that special and what kind of things did you do? Well, because we weren't planning on having a legal ceremony at the time that we started planning this wedding, we wanted it to be really true to our relationship. I, I used to photograph weddings. I'm a wedding hairstylist. I've been to a lot of weddings. And while I really admire and respect the traditional wedding ceremony, I realize that a lot of couples sort of go through the motions while planning their ceremony. And for me, the ceremony was like the most important part of what we were doing. And so I wanted all of the things in the ceremony to be a representation of our relationship and who we are as individuals. Um, and this unique commitment that we were making because all relationships are unique. So what we decided to do is create an entirely new ceremony. We kind of scrapped the original wedding ceremony. Um, and our ceremony was in a past, present, future format. And in the past, we had friends that knew us as we were growing up speak on who we were as individuals um, at different points in our lives. And then during the present part of the ceremony, we had people talk about um, their experience of us meeting. Uh, and then in the future part of our ceremony, we had friends give advice. Also had people read cards and things that we had written to each other over the course of our relationship. Since we were long distance, we had a lot of written correspondence. So we had some of that shared. And um, then we also did have wedding vows that we spoke at our legal ceremony. And those were a bit more traditional. And so we read those um, or recited those, I suppose, at the end and had like the first kiss. 
But because we had a small ceremony, we were able to incorporate our guests that were there. While the ceremony took a little bit longer than a traditional ceremony, I think everyone walked away having a clearer vision of who Nelson and I are as individuals and also what our relationship looks like um, in an intimate way rather than just a formal way that you experience at most wedding ceremonies. Yeah, I agree. I definitely got that from witnessing everything. It was very sentimental and sweet. And I loved that everybody kind of participated. You know, they weren't, we were, you were kind of just huddled on the ground, like blankets. It was very informal. Um, but yeah, everybody got to say something and it felt like at the end, I knew you guys so much better from just listening to what everybody was saying. And you wore a red dress. That was untraditional, but very cool for the Bali thing. You wore like more traditional in Canada, right? So I originally thought that I wanted to wear a white dress, um, but I was having a hard time finding something that I felt fit the locale, I guess. Most wedding dresses were too formal or a, a bohemian dress would have worked, but I didn't really want to wear something super boho. I wanted to feel elegant and grown up. And I was having a really hard time finding something that fit my vision. And I found this dress on Reformation and I loved it. And it didn't come in a color that I felt fit the traditional wedding look. So I decided to get it in red and just kind of embrace um, the, the tradition of the culture in Bali. I didn't want to appropriate it, of course. So I wore a red dress, um, a simple red dress and a gold headpiece, which kind of mirrored the, the local tradition. But I didn't want to wear traditional garb. So I loved what you wore. Also, can we talk about a little bit of how you found the venue and yeah, just how you found the spot to actually get married? And was that easy to do from um, California? Yeah, no, it, it, was, it wasn't easy. Um, we didn't want to do a full service resort wedding uh, for a couple of reasons. The first reason is price. It's really expensive to do that. Um, and second of all, we wanted to have more creative control over our wedding. Um, we wanted it to be really informal. And so that required a little bit of extra work on our parts to find the right venue. I spent so long looking at treat centers and Airbnbs and all these different options. And I was struggling. And then Nelson got on the computer and within 15 minutes, he had zoomed in on Google Maps and found the venue. (laughs) Go figure. Because here I am like sending him links to all these different things and I I can't get his attention. And then the minute he gives 15 minutes, he finds the venue. But uh, Well, that was an extra little challenge in itself that you and him were separated and then neither of you were actually in the place where you were trying to plan either. Yeah. So (laughs) that's complicated. And I want to just mention that like you and I and Nelson, for that matter, are very particular. So I'm sure you were looking for something that, you know, felt good in terms of decorations and all that. So what was the name of the place? The place is called the Rice Joglo. Okay. I can link that. And and we stayed just up the path a little bit at Trinity Gardens, which I would also highly recommend. Are, were you happy with the choice that you made? 
Uh, yes and no. There was, there hadn't been very many weddings at the Rice Joglo at that point. And uh, the host, who was amazing and very helpful, he had a lot of ideas on what he thought would be nice for the wedding as well. And he really went above and beyond decorating. And when I say above and beyond, he went beyond. Um, so there were certain things that we had to edit out a bit. We had to go in and be like, I'm sorry, we, we don't want this thing and we don't want this thing. There also was some miscommunication on um, just so like we ran into some last minute issues with the ground not being level where we wanted to have dinner and that ended up being a miscommunication, but it re resulted in some scrambling. There, there were some issues that arose with that that we couldn't have really planned for. If you're looking for something really seamless, I would recommend going with a, res a resort that's like done this. But because we were trying to save money and wanted something a little bit more unique, we ran into some issues that we wouldn't have otherwise. And this place was nice because your family was staying there and it was also the venue. So there was a bit of like convenience there as well. Yeah, convenience, and it also really did help with the cost. Like, we didn't have additional venue fee because we had already booked the entire place out with our family. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that made things a little bit easier, for sure. So when you were planning from afar, you kind of secured the venue or the hotel, and then... You were speaking, how many different people were you talking to? Like, do brides need to talk to a coordinator or just like a florist? How many different people did you communicate with? So originally, we were not planning on having a coordinator. And then there was a moment in time where I felt like it would really help to have someone on the ground. And we started looking at coordinators and a couple different people went out and looked at the venue. One person said... Once they saw it, they wouldn't do it because the venue was on that really long walking path. It was it was a ways down a walking path and getting all of the tables and stuff out there was a lot of work. So this coordinator saw it and said she wouldn't do it. Hmm. We had another coordinator go out and she gave us this quote of for all these things that we didn't need or want. And it was very expensive. And we just realized that we were on two very different pages. And so then we again decided to forego the coordinator. The host uh, of the property said that they could handle it for us. And he did He did handle it for us. But it was, as I said, he didn't have as much experience. So it was different than it would have been had we worked with an actual coordinator. And then another, in terms of flowers and decorations and all that, we found the florist when we got there. We got to Bali a week and a half before the wedding. We found a florist when we were when we were there already because we knew that we would be getting outrageous quotes had we tried to communicate with people from the states and Canada. It, we saved money by doing it when we got there, and ultimately the flowers weren't exactly what I had in mind. I had to adjust my vision a bit because we did it that way. We ended up saving a fair amount of money, and of course the flowers in Bali are gorgeous, even if they're not exactly what I had in mind. So. It, it was fine. It all worked out in the end. And how much was like that bag of what kind of flowers were they? Um, the plumerias? Yeah, frangipani is what they call them there. But yeah, plumeria. Um, oh my gosh, those were, oh, I wish I remembered the exact amount. We we bought, I think, a thousand of them for like, I don't know, maybe a maybe hundred dollars. I think they were not. 
I remember you just coming, like saying a really, really low, surprisingly low price. And so you guys had a bunch of those for like sprinkling around and what was I going to ask you? Oh, I was just curious. I was talking to another um, couple who eloped in Amsterdam and they were saying that they found it easiest to do phone calls versus emailing back and forth. But did you email or call or what was easiest for you? Um, we did a little bit of both. It's tricky calling to Bali. You have to pay. It's like a Google services thing and you have to pay. Emailing. We did all emails with the venue beforehand. Um, and that was really tough because of the time difference. So you never got a quick response. Everything took way longer than you were expecting it to take. And also just island time. You know, there's no rush for them. Yeah, communication was really hard. Yeah, it was really tough doing that. It's not like getting married in the States where you get an email back within a couple hours. Sure. If you could do it all again, what would you change? I, I think what I would change would be the pressure that I put on myself to make all of my guests feel welcome and comfortable. I wish that I had maybe arranged some other way for them to connect with each other when they arrived because we did have guests arriving every day leading up to the wedding. Nelson and I had a week and a half by ourselves and we were also wedding planning during that time. But that time was like the most relaxed part of our entire trip. I I always joke that we had our honeymoon before our wedding. (laughs) We had guests in town afterwards. So that part of the trip was my, I think my favorite part. And it was great having friends and family in town, but I was very stressed with trying to plan this wedding at a, a venue that wasn't very experienced with weddings and also going out of my way to see everyone when they got into town and like communicating with people online and arranging meetups. And I wish that I had not put the pressure on myself to do that because I think it did really stress me out. Um, in the days leading up to the wedding. And also we spent so much time with our guests in the days leading up to the wedding that on the day of the wedding, while it was special because it was the day of the wedding, I had already seen everybody and everyone had already spent time together. So it didn't feel as special, I suppose. I wish that maybe I had saved that for after the wedding and made the day of the wedding sort of the big reunion and all that time with people afterward. And maybe it would have felt, the energy might've felt a little bit different on the day of the wedding, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. I remember that, that kind of people were popping in at all different times and you and Nelson were being very good hosts to like meet up with them and, you know, whether it was for a drink or an activity. And yeah, that was a lot. How many people ended up coming? There were 30 people total, including you, Nelson and I. And then- Along, maybe you have the same answer or a different answer, but if a couple wanted to get married in Bali, do you have any specific advice for them? Well, Bali is a really diverse place. It kind of, while it's small, there are so many different places that you can get married. Like there's beautiful beach destinations and Ubud obviously is more jungle rice paddy area. So I think it would be important for them to narrow down specifically what kind of wedding they wanted to have. And that would really dictate where they had the wedding in Bali. There's beautiful islands off the coast of Bali. I know you went to, uh, you know, around that area a bit. 
And those would also be really beautiful destinations for a wedding. So there's a lot to choose from. So I think having a really clear vision of what you're looking for will, will help narrow it down. For us, Ubud was an obvious choice because it's where we met and we knew the area a bit already. I mean, if the budget allows, I would recommend going out to Bali before the wedding, maybe even on a separate trip and scouting it out, unless you already know specifically what you're looking for. That would have helped a lot. That that really would have helped, but we just didn't have the budget or time for that. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I imagine one of the most worrisome things about planning from afar is just that you aren't seeing things until you get there. But it obviously really helps that you both had already been there and and knew the spots a little bit. Yeah, we had booked the rice joglo. And when we got there and saw it, we did adjust our vision a little bit. Like we were originally planning on having the ceremony in the lawn where we ended up having the cocktail hour. Um, but it wasn't quite big enough. And then we were worried about the ground being too wet. So we did we did have to adjust some things. And I don't think we would have needed to compromise our vision quite as much had we gone out in advance. If you can't go in advance, like on a separate trip, then it is maybe the tip is just to get there a week or two early so that you have time to make those adjustments, like you said. And and be prepared to adjust your vision. Like that that whole thing. I, I the one thing that I said before the wedding was that I wanted to have a nice wedding in Bali, not a nice Balinese wedding. Like what ended up happening is that we had a nice Balinese wedding because we had so many different people trying to help out. And at the end, we just kind of had to make decisions and I couldn't be picky about my vision anymore. And that's just what had to happen. And you, so you have to be able to adjust your expectations and not be too attached to your vision. Yeah, that's good. That's good tip. Do you think it would have been any easier if it was a true like elopement where just you and Nelson and like maybe someone was officiating and someone was taking photos? Would that have felt easier to you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I guess that might be obvious. Yeah. yeah. Finding a space where we could host our families and because we wanted all of our families to be in the same place. I wanted to make that easy for them. That was one of the hardest things. And yeah, just... Um, making sure everyone got to the ceremony and knew where things were, felt comfortable, understood how to navigate a foreign country. We underestimated how much work that would be. Yes, if it was just the two of us, it would have been so easy. And while I absolutely loved the experience of having all of our friends and family over there, and we were so grateful that they were willing to travel, I'm very glad that we had our first wedding in Canada. We always talk about how perfect it was. We just had that small ceremony in the garden. And then we went to a local wine and cheese bar and had a charcuterie board and invited people to come and celebrate. And then we had an after party with pizza and a keg at a friend's apartment. And it was perfect. (laughs) That sounds really nice, actually. I guess I'll just end with asking what your favorite part or aspect of the Bali experience was. I think my favorite part, my favorite part was the ceremony for sure. And I knew that that would be, it was so special and I felt it was very intimate and everyone was really engaged. And I feel like we all walked away feeling a sense of love. And I've had people say that they felt like they had learned new things about how they wanted to navigate their relationship 
just like through the advice of our parents. And I just, that was really special. And I think that's something that people will really remember about our wedding. Um, that being said, we could have had a ceremony like that anywhere, but having it in the place where we met, I think really gave people a vision of what the first days of our relationship was like and where we were when we met. And there's a certain feeling in Bali, in Ubud especially. Just being able to have that energy on our wedding day was really special. How did you come up with that idea anyway? The just the idea of the ceremony or what kind of resources did you pull that from your head or were you looking online for stuff? Um, I did look up unique wedding ceremony ideas, commitment ceremony ideas. I couldn't really find much that I liked. So yeah, I, we pretty much created it on our own. We sat down and, and just started from scratch for like what things matter to us as a couple how can we tell our story and how can we make this commitment and create a, a vision of what we want our future to be like? Um, and so that's that's how it started. We just knew we didn't want to have a traditional wedding ceremony. And originally we were thinking we p- would pull some elements from a traditional wedding ceremony. And we ended up not using any of them really once we started dissecting what they all meant and the origins of everything. Yeah, we just sat down as a couple and discussed what mattered to us and what things we felt were relevant to our commitment to each other. Cool. I think you guys did a great job. Um, If you're open, and I'm assuming you are, but can I link your um, wedding pictures, like the blog post from Bali? Mm -hmm. So if people are curious to look and see the feel of everything, I'll link that in the description. And then how can people find you online or Instagram? Uh, Yeah, my Instagram is just my name. It's at Kaylee Vandenberg. You might want to spell that out for people. I will, yeah. Um, And then Nelson has an Instagram as well. It's at Nelson Walik. Again, something that should be spelled. Yeah, that's those are our two main presences online right now. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the best place to find us. That's perfect. Well, thank you, Kaylee. I hope somebody found this inspiring or useful or informative. And if they have questions about Bali, maybe they can find you on Instagram. And back in my feed, I posted many of your beautiful photos in there. And I described um, more about our wedding day in there. There's one specifically that has the format of our ceremony for anyone who's interested in learning more about that, too. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Katie. Woohoo! I love that, girl. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. In the description of this episode, I will link to Kaylee's Instagram and Nelson's Instagram, as well as a blog post where you can find some of the pictures from their wedding. As always, you can visit runawaytogether.co to find more resources and inspiration for planning your elopement. And you can also find me on runawaytogether.co on Instagram. Send me a message. Um, I'm open to any recommendations or requests for a future podcast episode topic. All right. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you in the next episode.